This is the Out of Character Podcast. Introducing your host, Brian Colbert. Welcome, world, welcome to another episode of the Out of Character Podcast. This is episode 31, people, 31, and we're just going to keep on moving. As always, I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC, too, if you're listening. And if you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. If you are a first-time listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. Thank y'all for being here. Thank y'all for constantly supporting. We cannot do this without y'all. We cannot do this without Director Lex, who is in the building. And we got a great show for y'all. Episode 31 is going to have a few more guests than the last episode has had. But we got some people that need to talk to y'all. We got some things we got to talk about. We got the virus going on. We got robots. We got men wanting to be thanked. We got all kind of crazy things in this episode, people. So let's get started right away. But first... First, I got to update y'all on my little man again. If you guys listened to the last few episodes, you all know that my son has started kindergarten. And not only has he started kindergarten, but he's already started getting in trouble. It only took day three for me to get a message from his teacher saying, hey, I need you to have a conversation with your little man and get him right. And ladies and gentlemen, I am pleased to inform y'all, after another week of school, I reached out to his teacher. I asked, how has he been doing? I had a discussion with my son. I hope he has improved his behavior. And the teacher responded right away and said, yes, yes, Dominic has done great. He has learned to not speak when not spoken to. He has learned to listen when being instructed. Thank you so much for your support. Now, if you listened last episode, you all know that I didn't really support the teacher the way that she said in this message right i honestly wasn't really feeling the fact that she hit me up three days into my five-year-old son starting school but you know what nonetheless i was glad my son got his ish together man right because you want your kids to listen the first time right when you instruct them to do something you want them to hear what you said ingest it and then put it into action in real life right that's what we all hope as parents and so I FaceTime my son every night. We always talk. We always talk before bed. We always hash over the day. And I always ask him, son, how was your day? Did you get in any trouble? Now, I don't always tell him when I speak to his teacher. And in this moment, I did not tell him that I had spoken to his teacher earlier that day and asked how he had been doing. So, like I said, the teacher told me, oh, Tom's been great. He has corrected his behavior. But then when I asked my son, son, how was your week? How was your day? He responds and says, you know what, Dad? It was pretty good. But I did have a few issues here and there. Now, as I've told y'all before, my son is very, very honest. And it's something I appreciate so much. But it's also because when he's honest with me, I don't come down on him too hard. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate his honesty so much that when he tells me, without me having to, like, dig on the kind of day he has, and he tells me that, Dad, you know what? I didn't have the best day. I don't yell at him. I don't get upset. We just have a conversation because I respect his honesty so much. And I want him to know that even on his worst day, he can tell me anything and that his dad will be there for him, that he will not receive judgment and that I will not beat him down as long as the behavior doesn't continue and become a trend, right? I'm always going to be there to listen to him and allow him to be honest and talk to me about what he has going on. And like I said, he told me, he said, Dad, you know, I had, I had a couple issues. And I said, son, what happened, man? I, I, I thought you was good. And he said, you know what, dad? Um, I have this friend in class. And her name is Justice. 
And I said, her? I said, oh, her name? He said, yeah, this friend and her name is Justice. And we got separated today because we just can't stop talking. Dad, I don't know what it is. We just can't stop talking. And this is the way he's speaking to me right now. He's being very, very sincere. Because he can't understand why him and this particular girl can't seem to focus on their schoolwork. He, he doesn't know. He feels like it's out of his control. Dad, I don't know what to do. So the teacher decided to separate us. And now I don't sit with my friend Justice anymore. And ladies and gentlemen, like I said, I did not get upset at this news. Honestly, if I'm being quite frank, I got a little proud. Because if you've heard me talk about my son before, you've heard me call him twin. You've heard me say how he's a chip off the old block. And yes, once again, my son comes through and proves that he is my flesh and blood. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the type of thing that would happen to me at a young age. This is the type of thing that would happen to me constantly, almost throughout all of school. Teachers never sat me next to the pretty girls in school. Because what I was going to do was I was going to entertain them. I was going to make them laugh. I was going to be there for them when they were having the rough days. That was my role as a young man. And I'm almost certain that that is how my son feels in school. Already at the sweet tender age of five. Because all he's doing is trying to entertain. All he's doing is trying to make a friend. And ladies and gentlemen, two weeks into school. He is already getting separated from a girl at that. Now, I got separated from my homeboys a lot because you know how boys are. Y'all joking around and all that. But imagine the type of game my little man laying down in kindergarten to get separated in week two. Shout out to my boy. I'm proud of you, brother. I'm glad that your teacher ain't snitch on you this time. She probably felt the reaction. From the first time, because I wasn't really too happy about her hitting me up. So when I asked again how he's doing, she was like, oh, he's doing great. Oh, he's doing great. She ain't want to tell me that she had to separate my son, man. So I, I think that's funny, too. And I wonder if the stories are going to align from here on out. Because I'm going to continue to hit his teacher up and ask, hey, how's the little man doing? How was his week? What did he learn? What did he accomplish? Was he a good listener? Was he a leader? And just like I'm going to ask his teacher, I'm going to ask him. And I'll be very interested if the story's aligned. But ladies and gentlemen, I promise you I will continue to update y'all on that. Because I'm sure there will be plenty of stories about my man just having a little bit of trouble. Because I don't think he's going to do nothing crazy. You know, I don't think he's going to be getting into fights or getting expelled. But I'm sure he'll have these little bumps in the road with trouble at school. And speaking of trouble, ladies and gentlemen, speaking of trouble, we all might be in danger. And no, I am not talking about the virus. No, I am not talking about the Delta variant or all these other variants of this virus. And I'm not talking about the vaccine. I'm not talking about any of these things, ladies and gentlemen. We are in danger, though. And that is because there is news. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is news. It's not just for me. I would never tell y'all something that wasn't true. There is news that Elon Musk, Elon Musk, the billionaire genius CEO of Tesla, announced on his Instagram that Tesla is working on an artificially intelligent robot. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you heard me right. Tesla is working on an artificially intelligent robot. The robot's about 120 pounds, about five foot tall, and it's supposed to do tasks 
that help out humans. You know, like go get groceries, pick us up from appointments, dust the hard places to reach in your crib, vacuum, things of that nature. This robot is supposed to be able to do all of that. And honestly, ladies and gentlemen, if y'all know anything about Tesla, I have a feeling that they're going to get this one right. I have a feeling that they're going to be able to bust this one out rather quickly. If Elon Musk is already announcing this robot, oh, they got to be pretty close. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, they got to be pretty close. And if you're asking me, well, well, BC, why does this mean we are in danger? This sounds cool. What a technological advancement. I may never have to grocery shop again is what you're maybe thinking. But ladies and gentlemen, have movies like The Terminator and iRobot taught us nothing? Have we not seen the dangers of AI in every single sci-fi movie, film, and TV show? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the thing they were telling us back in the 90s, back in the early 2000s. Be careful of robots. That is all I've heard my entire life is be careful of robots. You expect me to be excited? Excited that a robot that's damn near my size and that's made of metal that's probably bulletproof. A robot that can look me up and down and within seconds know every single thing about me. I'm not supposed to be nervous about that. I don't mind doing my own grocery shopping. I can find a homie to pick me up from an appointment. I don't necessarily know if that's needed. I feel like if we're going to bring robots around, they should be like tiny, like figurines. Things that we can overpower, things that we can control. Ladies and gentlemen, if you see a picture of this Tesla robot, please look it up. If you see a picture of it, this thing looks formidable. This thing looks like it could take a punch. So what happens when these super, super smart robots start to realize some things about America, right? Start to realize how we got some things in the game fucked up a little bit, right? What, what happens when robots start to realize that maybe we are a danger to ourselves. What happens when the robots start to realize that we are a danger to the very world these robots will inhabit? You don't think they're going to have something to say about that? You don't think that maybe there'll be some repercussions for the negative and nasty actions of humans? And what the hell are we going to do? Like I said, these are metal robots that are geniuses. They could probably tap into cameras all over the world. They could tap into the internet, probably shut the internet down. I guess I know, ladies and gentlemen, these sound like the ramblings of a crazy conspiracy that has watched way too many sci-fi films. I get it. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen? What do I know about science? I'll be honest, I'm not a scientist. I don't have my PhD. I know nothing when it comes to artificial intelligence. But I do know somebody that does. Elon Musk, Elon Musk for like the past 10 years has been having interviews and doing little talks about the dangers of artificial intelligence, warning us that we have to slow down with the studies of AI because it could be dangerous. Ladies and gentlemen, now he's very smart. Ladies and gentlemen, now he's a scientist. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the one making the robot. So I would think that we would at least listen to Elon Musk. Now, I'm not sure why the script flipped. I'm not sure if he has just understood that there's no stopping this robot movement, so he has to be in the forefront. But ladies and gentlemen, I want you to listen to Elon Musk speaking about artificial intelligence on a very, very popular podcast called the Joe Rogan Podcast. Listen up. So what happened with you where you decided or you took on a more fatalistic attitude? 
Like, what was there any specific thing, or was it just the inevitability of our future? I try to convince people to slow down, slow down AI, to regulate AI. This was futile. I tried for years. This seems Nobody like a listened. scene in a movie Nobody where listened. the robots are going to fucking take over and you're freaking me out. Nobody listened. Nobody listened. No one. Are people more inclined to listen today? It seems like an issue that's brought up more often over the last few years than it was maybe five, ten years ago. It seemed like science fiction. Maybe they will. So far they haven't. I think people don't, like the, normally the way that regulations work it's very slow, very slow indeed. So usually there'll be something, some new technology. It will cause damage or death. There will be an outcry. There will be an investigation. Years will pass. There will be some sort of insight committee. There will be rulemaking. Then there will be oversight, eventually regulations. This all takes many years. This is the normal course of things. If you look at, say, automotive regulations, how long did it take for seatbelts to be, to be implemented, to be required? You know, the auto industry fought seatbelts, I think, for more than a decade, successfully fought any regulations on seatbelts, even though the numbers were extremely obvious. If you had a seatbelt on, you would be far less likely to die or be seriously injured. It was unequivocal. And the industry fought this for years successfully. Eventually, after many, many people died, regulators insisted on seatbelts. This, this time frame is not relevant to AI. You can't take 10 years from the point at which it's dangerous. It's too late. And you feel like this is decades away or years away from being too late? If you have this fatalistic attitude and you yeah. feel like it's going, we're in a, almost like a doomsday countdown. It's not necessarily a doomsday countdown. It's, it's a... Out of control countdown? Out of control, yeah. People call it the singularity. And uh, that's, that's probably a good way to think about it. It's, it's a singularity. It's hard to predict like a black hole, what, what happens past the event horizon. Right. So diff- once it's implemented, it's very difficult because it, it will once be able to... Once the out of the bottle, what's right. going to happen? And it will be able to improve itself. Pro- yes. That's where it gets spooky, right? The idea that it can do thousands of years of innovation very, very quickly. Yeah. And then we'll be just ridiculous. Ridiculous. We will be like this ridiculous biological shitting, pissing thing trying to stop the gods. No, stop. We like, we like living with a finite lifespan and, and watching, you know, Norman Rockwell paintings. It could be terrible, and it could be great. It's not clear. Right. But one thing is for sure, we will not control it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I know that was a lot, but if you are still listening, did that not sound terrifying? Did the way he spoke not give you chills? Now, this is a guy that fully understands AI. 
This is a guy that truly knows what is going on in the science realm. And he himself sounds terrified. I believe this interview was like four or five years ago. And like I said, I don't know what switched since then. But ladies and gentlemen, I had to let you know about the robot. We had to talk about this because if you're still thinking of purchasing a robot, if you decide to get this Tesla robot, I know a lot of y'all, I know how y'all give it up. Y'all can't wait to have the newfangled thing. This is going to be like the new iPhone. You're going to be having to get an upgrade of a robot every two to three years. I understand it. You're not going to want to miss the way. But what I want you to do is go back and listen to episode 31 where BC, Brian Colbert, tried to warn y'all, leave them robots alone. Don't purchase these robots, ladies and gentlemen. I, for one, am terrified. I've seen these robots in videos doing flips, backflips, doing parkour, things that I could never accomplish. Imagine how fast these robots run. Like, think if you, like, got into a robot war and you had to, like, dip, right? You had to, like, try to run away like Will Smith and I, robot. You think we'd be able to run from these things? You don't think these robots going to have Usain Bolt DNA where they could just take off and run like 40 miles per hour? They'll probably be able to transform into cars, people. We have no idea what's happening. But like I said, when the future comes and it is coming, just remember, BC told y'all stay away from the robots. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 31, episode 31 of your favorite podcast, my favorite podcast, your mama's favorite podcast, the Out of Character Podcast. As always, I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC too if you listen. If you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. We hope you've enjoyed thus far. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting. Shout out to Director Lex in the building, being in here, making sure things is running good. Ladies and gentlemen, now I know there was a little tongue-in-cheek with the robot when I said we were in danger. Even though I do truly feel that that could be dangerous, but in all honesty, we are truly still in danger. We are still within a pandemic, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said earlier, this virus has all kinds of different variants. People are getting sick. The numbers are going up again. Even people with the vaccine are getting sick. And if you are a returning listener, you may remember a friend of the show that I would like to bring back on. And that is Dr. Jamil. If you are a first time listener, Dr. Jamil is a certified doctor. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, out of character, has itself a certified physician. My man went to school. He got the degrees. And what I like to do is I like to bring Dr. Jamil on to speak to you all so that my ignorance in science and health does not affect y'all. Because what I like to do is I like to ask Dr. Jamil questions that we all might have, right? And I, and I like to think he is a trusted source because he is a doctor and because he's my very close friend. So ladies and gentlemen, instead of me just talking to y'all about what's going on with COVID and this vaccine, I mean, we all heard it. We've all watched the news. I want to sit and bring Dr. Jamil on right now and just ask him some questions that a lot of y'all have. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome Dr. Jamil. Ladies and gentlemen, out of characters, designated physician, Dr. Jamil. Dr. Jamil, welcome back, brother. How are you doing today? I'm good. How have you been? Man, I've been great, bro. I appreciate you so much for your time, man. So much has happened. Things have been crazy, especially with the COVID-19 vaccine. And we spoke about this episodes ago about the vaccine, especially when it just came out. And I was very adamant about, y'all, I'm not getting it. Y'all, I don't think people should have to do this, blah, blah. But since then, so much has changed. So many more people have gotten sick. So many more people have passed away. 
And so first thing I want to say is, you know, I apologize for being candid and making, you know, so many silly remarks about the vaccine, because clearly this thing is very, very serious and very, very important. And I wanted to get you back on, man, just to talk some more and educate some people, bro, because it's different hearing something from me as opposed to hearing something from a doctor. Now, I do still not believe in telling people what to do. I do not feel that I should tell people to get vaccinated. I do not feel that I should tell people not to get vaccinated. I feel that all I can do is educate people on what is going on. And there's a lot that's happened. There's different variations of COVID now since we last spoke. There's different forms of the vaccine. So one, like I said, thank you for being on here, brother. But the main thing I want to focus on with this vaccine that we were talking about earlier is that a lot of corporations, we've seen it with the NFL and the NBA too, they are making mandates that their employees have to have the vaccine. Now, now, can you explain to us why this is going on and why things have seemed to level up so much? Yeah, uh, just to kind of reflect on what, happened, what was going on before, um, your your questions and your concerns are, are not silly because that's those are the things that are going on in, in popular culture, in our neighborhoods, and in, in uh, random conversations. So uh, the more we could talk about it, the more we can bring up concerns and address them and, and you know, see where we can kind of uh, fill in the gaps with information. Um, and obviously, yeah, it's been a minute. So now we're on uh, the Delta variant with the, with the predominant variant of COVID in the area. And we've been hearing things about Lambda uh, coming through. Um, and just to, uh, well, first to reflect on your, your question of uh, the mandates for vaccines. It's, I agree. It's unfortunate we've had to come to the point where we have to make those mandatory uh, because we don't have enough of uh, the general population vaccinated and it's become such uh, an issue with continued hospitalizations and death rates. And um, to put it in perspective, I mean, this is not something that we are not used to in the healthcare field. We have to get flu shots every single year. Um, you know, that's that's never been as much of an issue. Uh, some people still got religious or uh, or medical exemptions from those, but for the most part, it's a mandated vaccine for us. Um, so, I I agree that you know it, it's unfortunate we had to get to that point, but it's uh, it seems to be necessary. And as far as it being legal or whatnot, I mean they. Uh, it's employer and employee. Uh, you can get to the point where it's, it seems like coercion, obviously. Um, but the overall idea is how can we institute more safety for the general public? And I think that's the main point I think a lot of people need to understand is it's not about the individual so much anymore. It's about the parent, the grandparent, the child, the stranger, that this vaccine is here to help everyone or that's what we're being told, correct? The vaccine is supposed to help everyone now. This sounds like something that everybody's just gonna have to have. Restaurants, clubs, venues, sporting events are all saying, yo, we're about to start making it mandatory. You're gonna have to verify that you got this vaccine. So I can honestly see most of this world needing to be vaccinated to continue to live normal lives. Now, if that's the case, I think that there's gonna be a lot of people that have questions. And I think that, you know, you can maybe help us out with some of those questions that people have that, you know, people are still on the fence about it, but know that eventually they're gonna have to get it. Now, the first question I think we hear and see all over social media and the news is, well, if I get this vaccine, I still can catch the virus. So what's the point? Can you answer that question? Yeah, and that's a, that's a great question because it goes back to what's the original idea of having the vaccine in the first place. And it was 
this vaccine has 96% effectiveness against hospitalization and deaths and for COVID. And that's the same thought right now. Can you still catch it? Yes. But the whole point is it's not reaching the, the effects on your body to the point where you need to be hospitalized or that you can unfortunately die from it. So, um, and then uh, the question, the part of the, the lead question is, well, uh, if it's effective against the first variant, well, what does it matter now? Well, uh, they just released a paper in the New England Journal of Medicine that came out on the uh, 12th, I believe, and it showed that these mRNA vaccines um, had a overall a 94% effectiveness against the alpha variant, and now uh, an 80 about an 89% effectiveness against the delta variant. So, and that's it's not stopping uh, you from catching it at a 90, uh, an 89% rate, it's uh, that much decreased hospitalization and death rate. So um, at that point, can your body take care of, uh, take care of the rest? That's the whole idea. Um, this is the same thoughts with pneumonia vaccine, for instance. And, you know, these are, there's two uh, pneumonia shots that are recommended for different uh, reasons and then especially above 65 years old and it's not that hey you will not get pneumonia if you get this shot it's this will help protect you against having severe enough pneumonia that you end up in the hospital or die from it that's the that's the idea now somebody asks you okay now I have the vaccine can I spread it to others still even though I'm vaccinated can I spread this virus to others if you catch uh, COVID, then yes. Then you still can, you still have a viral shed just like you, you would as if you weren't vaccinated and you were sick. Um, I know there's still, they're still coming out with more data of like how much viral shedding do you do? It seems to be about the same if, if you are vaccinated or not, but uh, they haven't like come out with those just yet. And now as a physician, I'm sure you talk to all different ages of people, all different kinds of people. And I'm sure there's those people that trickle in that are like those conspiracy theorist type people. And we've seen videos on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube of people getting vaccinated and magnets sticking to their arms where the vaccination's at. Or people claiming that, you know, their babies had birth defects or that they were labeled infertile after getting the vaccine, all of these different horror stories we've heard. If somebody comes to your office and, and mentions these to you as a physician, what is your response? Um, each of these different institutions have uh, been looking at this long-term data that we've had for almost two years now and, and downplaying each one of these concerns. So the, for instance, the um, ACOG or the, the overall um, board for the uh, obstetrics, for instance, saying that these vaccines are safe. They do not cause infertility. They don't cause uh, any birth defects. Really, if you look at it, this is one of the largest trials that we've ever had on, on anything like this. Uh, you want to talk about a safety profile, hundreds and hundreds of millions of vaccines have been given. And what's the relative safety pro uh, profile of this vaccine? And it's it's excellent. Now, the last question, which I'm sure you've been probably getting recently, because this is recent news, the FDA just recently approved the, I believe it was the Pfizer vaccine, a version of the Pfizer vaccine. And that was also a lot of people's gripes was that, oh, the FDA, FDA doesn't approve it, so I'm not taking the vaccine. Why wasn't the FDA approve it? I'm not gonna take it if the FDA doesn't approve it. And now they have 
approved one. Some people are questioning, is this legit? Why out of nowhere did FDA decide to approve a vaccine? Should we get this Pfizer vaccine? Should we stay away from it? What do you tell people when they ask you about this FDA approval with the Pfizer vaccine? Well, when you look at any other drug or vaccine or whatever it might be, it has to go through a process of you know, development and trial on mice, for instance, and then a trial on a small amount of people and then larger uh, uh, you know, stages of, of trials. And so it still has to go through that process and it's reached that point with this Pfizer vaccine. So it's been following along a timeline. Now, the whole purpose of the emergency use was that, hey, this vaccine is showing to be very effective. We need to get this out into the population quicker so that we don't have to wait all the way until this uh, uh, final approval is happening. So that's why the emergency action happened earlier on in the process, but it's, the process still has to play out. And so that's why you finally have this approval. So I'm sure just because uh, the Moderna is very similar to the Pfizer, we'll probably hear about the Moderna one coming soon. So folks can anticipate that all of these vaccines eventually will be approved and just going through a process or should people stick to only the FDA approved vaccines? Because I mean, you hear, oh, this one vaccine's approved. Well, man, I'm staying far away from the other one. Is that what people should feel? Well, it, it depends. Like uh, if that's what's holding you back that, oh, this doesn't have the FDA approval tag on it, then so be it. Now you have a choice. In, um, but if those people are still are looking for boosters, it's still recommended that you get a vaccine, uh, a booster vaccine for the same company that you already received. Unless it's Johnson Johnson, then you should pick either the Pfizer or Moderna. Now, why do you say that about the Johnson Johnson? Uh, just because the numbers have shown a dramatically decreased efficient, effective rate in the Delta variant uh, with only the one shot. So that's why the recommendation for a booster is to go to one of those mRNA vaccines. Now, last question. And this is for that person that's been listening to you. The last few episodes, you've talked about this vaccine and you're still saying, you know what, Dr. Jamel, I don't want to get this vaccine. I refuse. you. I don't care what I have to do. I'm not getting this vaccine, but my job's making me. I do not want to lose my job. I have to provide for my family. I have to take care of them. But my moral standings stand strong on the fact that I do not trust this vaccine. Are there any options for people that really just truly do not feel comfortable getting this vaccine, but have received a mandate from their job? The unfortunate situation is that there are limitations. So if you can have a religious uh, exemption, but that has to have shown that you have been exempt from other vaccines. You can have a medical exemption, but that also has to show that you've been exempted from other vaccines because of uh, an allergic reaction, for instance. Um, but we also got to put it in the greater context. There's, there was a point uh, just a few weeks ago where we had no pediatric hospital beds available in the state of Kansas, Missouri, and Nebraska, uh, among other states. Not a single pediatric bed available. And, and that's because that population is more at risk because there's obviously a lot uh, more adults that have been vaccinated. So who are the, who's the group that is not able to be vaccinated? And so now we have to be wary of them. And now uh, return to school and mixed messaging of mask mandates in the school population. So, you know, you do have to put in the context of, well, 
what am, what am I willing to forego in, you know, and give up in this uh, fight against it? And is it that I truly do not want to have this vaccine or is it because now I'm just, you know, I'm being strong armed into it and I'm just going to put up a fight just because of that. Um, you kind of have to prioritize what, uh, what is important to you and who is important to you. Dr. Jamil, as always, we appreciate your insight, man. Thank you for asking some, thank you for answering some of the tough questions. We know that it's not always easy to talk about this kind of stuff, especially because it's such a sensitive topic and it's an ongoing topic. It's something that's gonna to continue to develop. It's almost two years in now with this virus and we can expect more things to change, especially with more and more people being forced to be vaccinated or just getting vaccinated because they're getting more educated on the subject. And for people like you, we're very, very, very thankful because you're the educated one. You're the one that spent thousands and thousands of dollars on school, spent years and years of your life learning and getting educated, man. So thank you so much for sharing some of that knowledge with me, with the Out of Character family, everybody that's listening and watching. Thank you so much, Dr. Jamil. No, I appreciate it. And I would like to just add one, one little bit more. Oh, whatever um, you want, brother. It's your work. In this, uh, this uh, continued line of, well, well why aren't uh, doctors pushing exercise and diet and vitamins? And I just think that's rather insulting because all this time we've been doing that, you know, show up to a preventative medicine, uh, your preventative care visit. Listen to the talk that we give that, hey, you should get 150 minutes of exercise a week. You know, this is what your family history looks like. This is what you should be eating. And, and, you know, especially me as, you know, doing sports medicine and family medicine, I'm all about preventative care. And yes, that is a topic of all of my visits, but it's also just because it's not on like the number one on the, on the headline, because we're currently in a pandemic and dealing with COVID doesn't mean that we're not also pushing that people should live healthy lives. I, you know, we kind of joked around like before the pandemic kind of took off, there was a, a new study that came out that says sitting was the new smoking. And it was kind of just a little bit of a joke, but it's like, Hey, you can't be sedentary. We're not just like making up these things to be fun, funny. You know, we care about how people live their lives, but right now we're in a pandemic and we have to continue this message that, Hey, we got to care about this virus and everybody infected by it, but that doesn't take away from, you know, the important things. Yes. So yes, exercise, eat right. If you need a multivitamin, go for it, but also care about what's going on. And to that point, I have to add as well that we have to give thanks and grace to not only you, but all of the healthcare workers around the world that are dealing with the tough questions, with ignorance, with just a lot of things that y'all are not used to dealing with. Like you said, it's a different time. So now COVID is at the top of everybody's mind and everybody lives in the moment these days. Everybody lives in the moment. But like you said, they do forget that for years. Y'all check our heart rate, y'all ask you know, how our eating habits are. Y'all tell us about diets. Y'all tell, tell us about getting all these steps, our heart rate, all these things. A lot of people forget about those kind of things because it's what's going on right now, what's going on in the moment. And so I have to thank you. Thank you for your time, but also thank you for just, you know, putting up the good fight, man. You guys do a thankless job a lot of the time, man. So I want to just take the time to, on behalf of myself and the Out of Character family, thank you so much for everything you all are doing. And to anybody listening that works in the medical field as well, thank you so much. We cannot thank y'all enough for just being soldiers through this crazy, crazy time. Hey, I appreciate it. And I, and I thank you for the platform as well.
course, man. Always, man. Until next time, my brother, thank you so much for your time. And I'm sure we'll be talking soon because, like I said, this is developing and developing. And hopefully the next time we talk, maybe there's some better news we can give people. Well, you know, uh, fall sports kicked off, so I get to be sidelined. Uh, uh, we got football and soccer, uh, volleyball. We, we got it all kicking off now, so we got that going on. Oh, yeah, man. I can't wait to talk to you about some sports, too, man, because the NFL season's starting, and there seems to be a lot going on with COVID and that, man. So we're definitely going to wrap some more, bro. Thank you so much for jumping on this episode, man. And, bro, I can't wait to talk to you again. All right. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Dr. Jamil. Shout out Dr. Jamil for jumping on the show and educating us, answering the tough questions. I'm sure he gets asked all kind of wild questions. Being a doctor, being somebody that works with athletes, that works with, with youth as well. I'm sure he has to answer so many questions. I'm sure he is so busy and I'm sure he's exhausted. So thank you so much, Dr. Jamil, for joining the show and talking to us. But we have a lot more to get into, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 31. Episode 31 of my favorite podcast, your favorite podcast, your mom favorite podcast the out of character podcast as always i am your host brian colbert my friends call me bc you can call me bc too if you're listening if you're listening we appreciate you for listening if you're a first time listener welcome we hope you've enjoyed so far if you're a returning listener welcome back thank you for being here as always we got a lot more to get into ladies and gentlemen now ladies and gentlemen sometimes things cross my desk here at the ooc studio that i have no choice but to talk about Sometimes it's tweets, sometimes it's news articles, sometimes it's videos. And a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine, a friend of the show as well, sent me this video and had very, very strong opinions about it. Before we get into it, I'm gonna play the video for you guys to listen up. As a dude, you are to work your entire life. Your woman should not have to work. If she does have to work, it's considered she has to really work by dating you. Take care of your family pay the bills, maintain your appearance, and never ask for nothing. Never expect no extra shit, never ask for no money, never ask for nothing. Now look, in this world, we reward dogs for doing dumb shit, for, for sitting down. We, we reward, you know, at your job. Do a good job, you get a raise. Like, in the, in the culture we live in, when you do good, you get a reward. Except for being a good man, because being a good man is normal. Y'all be single, so it's not normal. <laughs> having a good Yo. man, having a good, having a good man that takes care of your family and your son or your daughter is exceptional. You are a lottery winner. You, my lady, are lucky. You're right. Shouldn't no man have to be like, yo, cause maybe why? Cause men supposed to be always be on their feet and doing well. So God well. So God forbid your man is not doing well and he needs your help. He's a weak man. I can't call her a bum because she's a woman. Her not having a job or money is, it's like, you know, she's a girl. Help her, support her. So why, when a man might need help or assistance, he gotta be like, he's a pool putt. Like, shouldn't being a good person or being a good dad get a reward? Now, ladies and gentlemen, essentially he is saying that men live thankless lives, that we are just expected to do all the things we are expected to do, and that even dogs, even dogs and animals, get some type of praise and appreciation and he feels men need to be thanked more. And like I said, one of my friends sent me this video and a lot of times when my friends send me things it's because they feel very strongly about it. Let me tell you, this brother right here felt extremely strong about this particular topic. And let me tell y'all, when this brother feels strongly about a topic, he feels strongly about it. The brother I'm talking about is Randall Owens. Now, I don't know if you remember episode seven if you've been a long time listener, but episode seven called The Last Christmas. I discussed 
my distaste for Christmas music and Christmas movies. And my friend Randall lit me up, man. He had a lot to say about it. And so I called him to discuss Christmas and Christmas music. And we had a great discussion. We have not talked since, but Randall Owens is the brother that sent me this video. So I'm going to call him right now because, like I said, he felt strongly about this. And I felt my OOC listeners needed to hear what this brother had to say. Yo, my brother, this is Brian Colbert from the Out of Character Podcast. You are live <laughs> on episode 30 run right now. So anything you say will be heard by the masses, my brother. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing good. I just played for the listeners and for the viewers the video that you sent me on IG, the video that you had a nice little IG story rant about. And I mentioned oh, to them that, you know, the ones that are new listeners, that episode seven you was on and you put me in my place about Christmas music <laughs> and Christmas movies. And brother, first of all, let me tell you, that's one of our most viewed and most listened to videos and oh, or podcast cool. episodes. And that is because of you. I truly feel. And so one, thank you for that. Two, welcome back oh, on the show. I would love to get your take on this video. I just played for the listeners, man. Right off the bat, bro. How did it make you feel? Oh, so I got to think of the video. So that's the one where the guy is talking about um, being a man is a thankless job, correct? Yep, yep. So, I mean, it. my very first thought when I saw the video is that far too often, I think when we talk about masculinity and you, talk, you hear people talk about toxic masculinity, people... There's a there's a disconnect. People are always talking about how things are. In that video, he's talking about how things are. And that's part of the problem. Toxic masculinity is a current thing in our society. It's something that we're dealing with. It's the way that things are. When people want to break down to toxic masculinity, they get a lot of pushback. Oh, that's not how things are. That's not how things um you don't that's not how your experience really is. The problem is we're trying to change how things are. And so when I, when I first heard him on that video, it just made me think of this disconnect. That people, like he's talking about being a man's thankless job. It doesn't have to be. And also, you don't need to be thanked for it. We, we need to come up with a world, we need to work for, towards a world where we have the room to just be a human. And that's, we don't have that right now. Now, do you feel that him saying, I want to be thanked more, are you feeling like that's counterproductive? Hmm. Counterproductive might be a little bit incendiary. I don't know if I would say counterproductive. I mean, to a degree, I would, I could say that, but more, I think it's more appropriate to say that it's misguided. It's, you, um, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, now you mentioned that that is not how society really is, but that mm -hmm. we have to work towards changing it, correct? For sure. Now, that's so interesting you mentioned that because in this episode, last episode, the past few episodes, we have discussed the that, you know, we tell kids, we we talk about in society, all these things. Oh, men and women are equal. Oh, all races are equal. Oh, racism mm -hmm. doesn't really exist. We tell them all this fluff because we want our kids to remain innocent or maybe we just want them that to be their reality one day. You know, we tell them these things, but like you said, they're not really true. It's just not true. really true. It's not really reality. So do you feel men 
are thanked as much as women or do you just feel like yo men should not be thanked at all oh no um i don't think that men are thanked as much as women um but i don't think that thanking is the goal i don't think that we shouldn't work we should we shouldn't work for thank yous we shouldn't care about other people for thank yous we shouldn't be a quote-unquote decent man for thank yous we we should just be decent people period but the problem that i see is we we have a culture where men are not well really we men aren't men are not supposed to be thanked and that's part of the toxic masculinity problem men aren't supposed to be thanked men aren't supposed to be hmm also well men are supposed to be thanked and they are not supposed to be well what are some of the things he was saying there it's because he opened up by listing a couple things he listed that men are supposed to work until they're dead supposed to work forever they're supposed to take care of their woman and that woman is not supposed to work and if she does work you view that you view badly all of that is in the same thing so no i don't think that people are supposed to be thanked you're not supposed to be you're not, that's not the goal but also you're, you actually don't have to work forever if you don't want to work what's wrong with that he called somebody he said if you do if you don't do those things you don't uphold this he didn't call it toxic masculinity. I will. If you don't uphold the the pillars of toxic toxic masculinity, he said he used the word poo butt, and I was cracking up. The thing is, you, we view people as poo butts for that, but we shouldn't. Everybody is different. We there's such a a large swath of emotions that we don't give men the opportunity to experience openly, and we need to. I think the goal is to really allow men to be open, to be honest, to be themselves behind closed doors in public or whatever and we don't do that and so it's when he's saying i want to be thanked for being a decent human being you shouldn't want to be thanked for being a decent human being that is that's it's a conundrum you if you want to be thanked for being a decent human being you're probably not a decent human being you're just focused on thank you that's a problem and, and another reason why I wanted to have you on to talk about this topic, because it's not so much about this video, but one thing I've noticed about you, brother, is you are constantly sharing and talking about toxic masculinity, this subject of toxic masculinity. What makes you so passionate about this topic? Man, I'm angry. <laughs> I'm, I'm mad as hell. Uh, one, you so there's something that you hear. Uh, I want to say one of the... Um, it's not one of the first times I heard, but one of the most notable times that I heard is uh, Jay-Z was talking about how he needed to have his daughter in order to realize how he treated women wrong. That's everybody has their, you know, has their period of enlightenment and it's it's different for everybody. But we should not need to have you shouldn't need to experience something in order to validate it. You shouldn't need to you, you should be able to listen to people's stories, listen to people's experiences and hold them as true. And hold them at and give them the same weight that you give other people's experiences toxic masculinity is something that i mean it gets it flows into the workforce and in our work culture it toxic masculinity you know it influences how race relations work it influences how it influences how men treat women and influences how men treat men and so it's really about and there's also there's just been this thing on um on the internet where people are talking about toxic femininity and i i hate that shit because toxic femininity breaks down to toxic masculinity 
just women upholding it. The same way that black people can uphold racism, women can uphold toxic masculinity. And so it's, I see these people grasping for straws and it makes me, it gets to me because I feel like people read as far as they want to. And that's not the goal of being informed. You read until you get down to the bottom of the, you read until you get to the source of the information and people read until they find out something that confirms their biases. And so when I'm talking about toxic masculinity, I'm doing it because I've realized I have toxic masculine traits. I hold up some of those things and I want to break those down, not just because I have a daughter, not just because I'm married, but also because I just want to be better to everybody. I want, I want people to be able to be 100%, 100 themselves around me. And one of the ways to break that down, yes, you got to break down white supremacy, you got to break down racism, but you also have to break down toxic masculinity. And that's the aspect, you know, of where men really get really run this world now. You said something that I just I got to break down further, brother, because I'm sure people heard it and, and want to hear you elaborate a little more on it. Now, you said toxic femininity, in essence, is still toxic masculinity. Can you dig deep into that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I'll try to think of one of the examples. When people are talking about toxic femininity, it's usually when I've seen it, you know, on like websites like BuzzFeed and shit, they're talking about, oh, a woman did something that was toxic. That's not femininity. That's not inherently feminine. That's not that's not what that always is. But people hold it as such because a woman did it. One, that's not how masculine masculinity and femininity work. Just because a woman did something does not make it one feminine, but also it doesn't make it toxic femininity. Like if if uh if you're at work and a woman comes up to you and they start talking about how, I don't know, this is all hypothetical, or, if, or let's go with this. If a woman is talking about how a man is a bum, if a woman is talking about how a man doesn't have this job, isn't worried about his job, and isn't taking care of his woman, that's going to be seen in, you know, social media and, and the internet as being toxic femininity. But that's toxic masculinity being pushed by a woman. That's all that is. It's still toxic masculinity because men uphold that. Men set that standard. Mm. Look throughout. Look throughout all of hip hop. It's, it, this goes back way before hip hop. But this is a good example of it. When men are rapping on songs, the braggadocio aspect of his hip hop, we always talk about women and how it relates to other men. I'm doing your woman better than you. I'm doing your job better than you. The, what the woman was saying in that hypothetical situation is basically the same stuff that Rick Ross be saying to all them people. Oh, mm. uh, I'm fucking your bitch in this in this car. Uh, I'm, I got her on a better job. She don't got to work when she with me. Even though the woman said that, that doesn't make it toxic femininity. She's just skewing toxic masculinity. She's furthering it along. So it's not femininity. It's still masculinity. And that's such a great point. Because you are right. It all stems from men and our grandfathers taught our fathers these toxic yeah. toxic masculine traits. Well, oh, you can't cry. You can't show emotion. You have to provide for your woman. Your woman shouldn't be working all these things, right? And then our fathers, yeah. in essence, taught us the same things. Now, I find that very interesting that you feel so strongly about it. And that's why I really want to talk to you about it because I, I share a lot of your views. Now, we both have young, young boys. We're both raising yeah. young men. And we cannot raise them 
the ways that our fathers raised us. It's a different world. It's a whole different world. Just like our fathers had to raise us differently. How do you go about not being to a toxic man yourself? Because you said it. You said you have toxic masculine traits. How do you avoid passing that on to the next generation? Man, I question everything. Um, I try to question everything. I try to read as much as I can. But also, I mean, I think it comes down to realizing, like, when I'm looking at my son, I look him in his face and they were talking about, I don't know, whatever it may be. We, matter of fact, he... um. My son has had his nails painted multi on multiple occasions. I've oh, wow. never cared about that. It's whatever. That's cool. He goes out. We've gone to parties. We've gone to, I mean, COVID parties. <laughs> we've, gone <to> parties. <laughs> um, we've gone to just walked around the neighborhood. He got his toes out. He's, you know, has hands, his fingernails and his toenails painted just because he likes it. Now, if I were to be living and furthering, you know, the toxic masculinity that in the world right now i wouldn't let him do that and it's not because toxic masculinity is, you know, is trying to suppress anything that would be feminine in a man or that can be considered gay or that can be considered not strong quote-unquote strong um that's what toxic masculinity tries to suppress it tries to suppress all the multiple ways of being a man and when i look at him and he's talking about i'm gonna have my mom paint my toenails i'm gonna have my mom paint my my fingernails there's you have to look at yourself and you know have a split second question with yourself like is there anything wrong with that no there's obviously not he is a person who wants to paint his nails and then you learn about other cultures other cultures men in other cultures paint their toenails all the time men in other cultures do so many things that we as americans think are feminine or think are wrong or think are weak and that is we think that's the larger mindset of the world and it's really, really not. It's not even a larger mindset of history. I mean, <laughs> this could get into something else, but so many societies before us have been matrilineal. So many societies before us have passed on ownership of houses, family, stuff like that from, from the line of the mother. But we do it from the line of the father here because that's what they did in Europe. There's so many things that you have to unlearn. So when it comes to, back to your question, getting through um, trying to not be toxic and masculine, when I'm raising my child, it's just questioning everything, taking a step back and looking at it from a purely human standpoint. There's nothing like there's nothing a, a human could do that would that would please them, but also make them feel weak or make them weak in my eyes. No, they're just being a human. And so I, I always question my question everything like that. And it's interesting the, the point you made about basically all of these societal standards that we have it's from western civilization it's not something that is ingrained in societies across the world it's oh, just yeah. not or that was ingrained in societies before us in cultures before us and i think a lot of people forget that that a lot of things that we just know to be true and that we just learned from a very young age so many of that just isn't fact at all it's just something that was brought from people that aren't even from the same background as us, essentially. Yeah. And we live by these rules, man. So I'm so glad you pointed that out. Because it's crazy. Because even when, the minute you said, yo, my son leaves the crib with his nails painted, I was like, wow. And not even, 
it wasn't even it wasn't even the reaction I thought about, but it's just something like, oh my gosh, because that is just unheard of a lot of times. Like yeah. we growing up, our dads would have never let us do anything like that. So I think it's so dope that you just allow your child to be a child, to be innocent. We talked about that a lot in the last few episodes too, man, about child's mm-hmm. innocence and how it's our job to protect them, man. And I'm so glad you was able to talk to me about this, bro, because your insight is always so great, man. And I know there's people listening that have children, that have children on the way, that don't have children yet, but, you know, aspire to be parents, man. And I think, you know, the modern dad, that's what I call it now, you know, the new age mm. dad is is much more like you than like, you know, the men that raised future generations. You know what I'm saying? Because, I man, that's so. such a beautiful thing. And I'm, I have no doubt your son will appreciate you allowing him to express himself any way he wants to. Thank you. I, I appreciate that, man. I love that. But no, I, I know the same about you. So, so much love to you on that same topic. But uh, yeah, I'm glad I was able to take the call, man, for real. Hey, man, nah, I appreciate you, bro. And like you said earlier, man, like being a dad is just, it's just asking a ton of questions. It's being inquisitive and being ready to learn. And also knowing that, bro, we don't really know everything. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't know <laughs> yeah. everything and everything's a learning process. Like even me just now, bro, I just learned something talking to you for these few minutes, man. Like, I don't know how I would have responded to my son wanting to paint his nails. Maybe I would have mm. told him, like, hey, bro, no, nah, that's what girls do. Because I've caught myself doing that before with him on just little things. And then I have to catch myself and say, wait, time out. Is mm-hmm. that toxic yeah. masculinity? I don't know if you heard the episode where I talked about my son doing the splits to me. But, like, even that. I saw the preview. <laughs> yeah, man, my reaction was not great. But as parents, these are things that we're trying to learn, things we try to get better at, man. So, like, like I said, man, thank you so much for your call, brother. I mean, thank you so much for answering the call. My brother, man, and for I sure, hope you're doing. Sure. I hope you stay doing well, my brother, man. I hope the family's doing good. I hope the little man, the little lady's doing good. I hope the wife's doing good, man. And I can't wait to talk to you again, bro. All right, most deaf, man. All right, peace, well, ladies and gentlemen. That was my friend, my brother Randall Owens. I'm, I always love having my guy on the show, man, because he's so insightful, man. He sees things in such interesting ways. I mean, and I ain't going to front. My man, my man got me. Man got me. He said he lets his son paint his nails and you saw my reaction right that toxic masculinity that i didn't even mean to show just came out right away i was so shocked because like i said i couldn't imagine allowing my son to do things like that but that is the advancements we are trying to make as black fathers we are trying to allow our sons to be themselves to be more creative to do things differently than our fathers had us do things in hopes that it leads to a better world ladies and gentlemen this is episode 31 episode 31 of the greatest podcast in the world. The Out of Character Podcast, as always, I am so grateful and humble to be your host. I am Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC, too, if you're listening. And if you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. If you're a return listener, welcome back. We hope you all have enjoyed thus far. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, I feel very, very strongly, very, very strongly about these topics. Now, I don't necessarily think that men need to be thanked more, right? I already understand what it is to be a man. I already understand the battles us men are up against, right? Like we talked about on many episodes before, men and women being equal just isn't true. There are so many different things women are allowed to say and do these days that men could never do. And ladies and gentlemen, like I said, earlier sometimes things come across my desk sometimes things get sent to the ooc studio to just if i could be quite frank 
grind my gears. It gets me very, very angry. It gets me very, very upset. And just things that do not make sense because it seems as if the internet allows the most ignorant people to spread ridiculous and just stupid nonsense all over the airways. And ladies and gentlemen, another nonsensical thing came across my desk here at the OOC studio. Ladies and gentlemen, I received a tweet from a young lady that said this. I asked this brother for some money and he started to tell me about all the bills he needed to pay. Baby, I don't give a fuck, and now you're blocked. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this young lady blocked this young man because when she asked for $100, he said, I'm sorry, I can't do it because I got bills to pay. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is not me just making up this conversation. She went about showing the interaction between her and this young king. And yes, I'm calling him a king because he has his priorities in order. Something I beg my young brothers to do constantly. Listen up to this interaction. This is him in response to her asking for $100. LMAO, I don't know, babe. I got some other stuff to take care of. Rent, car note, phone bill, and I owe a few more debts. But if I have some extra money, I got you, babe, for real. I feel bad not having it. And the bad thing is, I get paid every two weeks. She responded, interesting. That's it, interesting, period. This brother not only explained himself, but also apologized for not giving this young lady who was not his mother, not his sister, not his daughter, not his wife. This brother apologized for not being able to give this young lady $100. Now, why? This lady didn't have her own $100? Why this lady doesn't have a job? Why this lady is out begging? I have no idea. But I will continue. After she said interesting, the brother said this. What do you mean, LOL? She responded, I don't want it no more. Why not? He replied. She said, because I just don't. Then the text thread continues. Seven o'clock in the morning, resuming the next day, he texts her, good morning, beautiful, no response. Then he texts her again at 12.50, how did you sleep? No response. And then, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, this young lady decides to not only screenshot this, but also tweet and tell us all that he had got blocked. So she shared his business with us all. She let us know that this brother got a lot of bills to play and he didn't have an extra hundred dollars, which to me is just wrong. Because sometimes we all going through hard times. Shorty, you the one that don't even got $100. So clearly you're looking for some help to get your bills paid. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the type of things that us men are attacked with on a regular basis. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I cannot make these things up. These are the reasons why the 90-day rule exists. These young brothers are under attack every day. And it makes me ask the question. How do y'all sisters got the nerve? How do y'all sisters got the nerve? Let me tell y'all, I looked at the picture of Shorty that had posted this tweet. And let me tell y'all, she don't keep a, her bathroom clean. She don't keep a bathroom clean. Let me tell you, any woman that can't keep a bathroom clean is a nasty ass. I'ma just say it. I'ma just say it. Any woman that can't keep her bathroom clean is not a woman that deserves $100 from me. Shorty bathroom look like a dirty boy's locker. 
And she asking for $100 and got the nerve to call her brother broke because he can't give her no money because he has responsibilities. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the type of things that we deal with on a regular basis. And on top of that, and on top of that, ladies and gentlemen, these women continue to tell us what we can and cannot do. Another tweet came across my desk. Another tweet, and it reads, I hate a brother that order frozen margaritas. You will never get a date from me again. So add that to the list of things brothers just can't do. Because this really feels like this is like a black man thing. Like, I don't think every man from every culture has to deal with these things. I think black men are under this type of scrutiny. Add that to the list. We can't enjoy frozen margaritas. We can't. Now, I don't know if I've told y'all this story before, ladies and gentlemen, but I have been out with my family, with my sister, actually. And I ordered a margarita. And the bartender came back. And handed the drink directly to my sister. And I said, hey, man, that's mine. Why'd you hand it to her? And my sister looked me dead in my eyes, dead in my soul, and said, because you ordered a woman's drink. And in that moment, I knew the type of scrutiny I would face every time I took a woman out. This was my sister. This was my sister. So she was just letting me know, keeping it a buck. A lot of women probably wouldn't have told me that straight up, but she was letting me know the optics of what it looked like when I ordered a margarita with her. And let me tell y'all, I never ordered a margarita with a woman again. I promise y'all that I never did. So it's not just men that always push this toxic masculinity onto the world. Sometimes the women portray it too. Like I said, my sister told me that and it changed my life. Never ordered a margarita in public again. I'll make them at the crib. I'll drink it with my lady because I know she ain't going to judge me. But I promise you, first year she ain't seen me order no marks. And these are the type of things we have to deal with. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a whole list. I know we've talked about this list of things men can't do, but there's plenty more to add. Let me let me update y'all, and I will continue to update y'all through the years because I'm sure the list will get longer and longer. This list is titled, Things Men Aren't Allowed to Do. Ideas by Jobless Bitter Women. Men are not allowed to run for the bus. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we have to be so cool and so masculine that if the bus is about to leave us and we about to be late to work, we about to be late to school, we better not run because we going to look like some hoes. We can't hug our homeboys. Ladies and gentlemen, they have tried to take away the most basic things in men's relationships, and that's that. They're trying to keep us from showing each other love and hugging each other and giving each other that. That's crazy. That's asinine. We're not allowed to walk. We're not allowed to say hey. We're not allowed to hang out with a group of girls. We all know why women don't want to take it out with a group of girls. Insecure motherfuckers. We can't eat yogurt. We can't go for cocktails. We can't eat dessert. We can't comment under the shade room, which I actually agree with. I think it's very odd when men comment under the shade room folks. We're not allowed to skate. We can't laugh too much. We can't be too loud. We can't chuckle too deep or too high. And last but not least, ladies and gentlemen, we are not allowed to exist. Yes, these are all the things that men across the world have compiled of things that they have been told they are not allowed to do by a woman. So when you ask why a whole hour of this show is dedicated to a man's gripes, women, listen, open your eyes and your ears. Y'all ask for this. Y'all made me do this on episode 31. The amount of things I had to point out about y'all women makes me sick. I even had to start the show telling y'all about how a young lady got my son in trouble in school. 
Y'all ain't nothing but some menaces that don't want to see men live their lives. Because like I said, we couldn't make lists like this about y'all. We couldn't tell y'all what not to do. That'd be being in grown women's business. We'd get canceled for that, ladies and gentlemen. And don't get upset at me. Don't get mad at me. Don't shoot the messenger. I am just here to be a voice of the people. That is all. I am just here to be the voice of the people, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 31. Episode 31 of my favorite podcast, your favorite podcast, the world's favorite podcast, the out of character podcast. As always, I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You will call me BC too if you're listening. If you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we know this has been a long show. We know this has been a very, very silly show. But as always, I want you guys all to remember to be safe, to take care of one another. I will not tell you to get vaccinated. I will not tell you not to get vaccinated. But do what you feel is best for yourself. Do what you got to do to not only keep your family and yourself healthy, but to also take care of your mental health. These are some wild, ugly times for a lot of people. And I think we all need to realize that everybody is going through their own battles, their own spiritual awakenings, their own mental realizations. And ladies and gentlemen, if you are one of those people, know that you are not alone and that it is going to be okay. We've never really seen times like this, at least not our generation. We've never heard of a pandemic before. We've never been working from home for over a year. We've never not been able to interact and be in the clubs. We've never had to wear a mask every single where we go. And it seems as if a lot of people are on edge. So I say all of this to say, ladies and gentlemen, take care of yourself. Like my boy Marshawn Litch said, take care of your chicken and take care of your mentals. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Character Podcast, episode 31. And as always, God bless.